It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. We have a world-famous doctor joining us, Dr. Jean Abitbal. He is the author of the book, The Power of the Voice. He's a famous voice surgeon. We'll have the exact specification. I'm not too bright, but he is. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And by Hamilton Stands, founded in 1883 in Hamilton, Ohio, Hamilton Stands is the oldest music and instrument stand maker in the world. They offer a broad range of sheet music stands, band and orchestra instrument stands, and combo stands, including mic stands, guitar and keyboard stands, and accessories. In fact, the broadcast you're listening to is made using a Hamilton stage rocker mic stand. Visit HamiltonStands.com. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. And he'll tell us exactly the title and everything. Welcome to the program, doctor. Well, uh, I, am a, I am a physician, okay? I'm an ear, nose, and throat specialist, but I really rise on voice since about more than 30 years now. And I was very interesting, not only if you want by the fact that I do surgery and I treat the voice, but finally, let me tell you something that I really feel from inside. It's voice is not only something just like this, but it's an emotional world that you develop when you talk or when you listen to somebody. Because voice is like, is like a piece of art. It's something that when you hear somebody, you're gonna, I mean, you're going to like it or you will not like it. But you cannot say, well, I don't care. The mean I don't care doesn't mean anything because anyway, you're going to have a feeling from inside. So that's what, I, that's what it was really, really you know, great about Boy that I like this kind of uh, specialty. You know, it's, it's nice to find a doctor who's like a romantic when it comes to the voice. <laughs> there are a lot of doctors that they're so serious, some of them, you know, clinical. But this is a beautiful book that you've written about the power of the voice. Yeah, I mean, thank you for writing it. And uh, it really goes, uh, how do you suppose this is different, the fact that it's written by you, by a physician, as opposed to someone else? Well, let me tell you something. My first book was The Odyssey of the Voice that I published now about... Uh, 11 years ago, I wanted to understand how come that the humankind can talk and not a chimpanzee. And finally, a man who cannot talk is like a chimpanzee with a, a suit, you know, so it's nothing <laughs> else. So in fact, when, when, when the man can talk, it means two things. 
First, he can have at least the feeling of imagination, imaginations, and he can have abstract, you know, thing that even in talking you can think about. The second point is, and this is the most important point in humankind, that you can have give what you have to your children, to the people around, and they're going to copy you, but they're going to take them this for for their children. What I mean that most of the time, and this is only on the humankind with the voice, what you learn from somebody else, you can transfer children to the people around you, and they will know this for two two reasons. First, they keep it on the brain, and second, the fact that they talk with somebody, the other guy is going to create exactly the same thing, and he's going to have what we call a mirror neuron, so he's going to copy you even if he doesn't want to. Wow, that's that's another in people imitate the president, right? Donald Trump, they try to imitate his voice. <laughs> Interesting what you said. Well, most the, the power of the voice is something just unbelievable. When you stay with somebody, you know, we're talking like the people uh, in, in in the state, for example, New York, if you stay in San Diego or if you stay in Los Angeles, you're gonna have not exactly the same way of talking. It's gonna take few days, you're gonna take few months, but anyway you're going to have an accent, you're going to talk like them. Because the fact that you listen to them makes you what we call like when you, you know, mirror neurons, we call it. And it's like when you see somebody playing golf or playing, you know, tennis. When you go and play tennis again, you're going to do the same way of moving. So this is the same way with the voice. And if you talk about Trump, we can say that about his voice, which is interesting, he has a few words in a sentence. He's talking to somebody who is going to do like this. So it means that he's like a teacher. We are not able to talk with him. We just have to listen to him. That's all. That's what we do. <laughs> we listen to yeah, him. I know. I know. So this is a difference between somebody who is empathy. The, the, the real thing is his voice. You right away know if somebody has a lot of empathy or not. You know this guy is going to be sincere or not. You, with your voice, you cannot cheat. It's impossible. It's not the way that you want to do. So when you listen to somebody, the first thing to do is to listen to the silence between the words. And what is very interesting in the power of the voice, you have, in fact, two things. For somebody to have a big power, he must have, of course, charisma. But the second point is, and what I think, he has to have a religion point inside of him. Because voice brings you to something, uh, divinity. I mean, something that it's above you. Something that we call imaginations. I like that. And that's why... Voice is so important in the humankind. Look in Africa with uh, people with, you know, some people there, they do a lot of magic. We, we, we don't care. And this lot of magic is not, is not the way they want, but the way they talk, they're going to bring the people to where they want to. And this is what happens with politics, with priests, with rabbi, with all these people. And in fact, what is interesting in the point of, of, of talking with somebody else the way you're going to ask questions and you're going to listen to these questions to be able to answer them and to have another question this way you develop a creation of the voice between two people now i want to ask you something doctor what about celine dion you mentioned her in your book have you worked with her at all well uh i mean i didn't work for her but i was she's a patient of mine and she's just a great lady and celine is somebody that you know for more than 22 years now almost 23 and I mean, this is something special because what happened was exactly the same when she was 15 and what she had the voice now. 
uh, you know, at the, at the age of 48. And something interesting about Celine, it's she brings two things together. First, the way she thinks and the way she sings. I mean, in the way she, she, she's playing music with her voice. Very something so sincere that, that everybody has the feeling that, that they are a part of her. So she has so much her voice, and she is like, I can say this, like, you know, naked in front of the public. Mm. She, she doesn't keep it for herself. So the fact that she's so, so much empathy with the others makes her so great. That's why Celine is really special. Like you have Barbara Streisand. I mm-hmm. mean, she, she, when she, she's singing, you just have tears on your, on, on your, I mean, you know, that's really something just unbelievable. Well, it's true. And by the way, I, I didn't suggest you worked for her. I meant with her. That's what I meant. Yes, yes, <laughs> you, yes, mentioned, yes. you mentioned her in your book, you know, that. Um, so as far as the basis of you uh, being her doctor, I mean, it's for good vocal health. You've helped her. Yeah, obviously. yeah. yeah. In, in fact, uh, because when she came, she came in Paris, you know, very often. She came in Paris to have, she has a lot of gala here and she made a lot of concerts here. And well, the problem is that when she came in Paris, she right away from her plane go to play on the same night or the night after. So what you have to understand, and this is interesting to know about the health of a voice. When you take a plane, I mean, you know, the humidity of the plane is very low. I mean, the noise of the plane is very high. So when you talk, you talk, uh, 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 I mean, above your usual way of talking. So you, you have a voice abuse. So when you, when you, I mean, land in Paris, and this was for Celine, you must not right away work because otherwise you're going to kill your voice for the next three days. Hmm. And that's what happened the first time she came in Paris about 23 years ago when I knew her at this time. It was in 19, if I remember, in 1997. It's a, it's a long time. And, and she had a problem on the vocal fold just because she talked on the plane and she, I mean, she misused the voice. So we had to stop her singing for two days and then everything was okay. But what is interesting, now that she knew that at this time, she doesn't do these kind of things anymore. And she is one of the athletes of the voice. She That's is not only singing. Why? Because a singer is an athlete. But the difference between an athlete who is running or is swimming with playing, you know, uh, uh, football, he must have, as a singer, two things together. First of all, the technique, and then the emotion. But if you go out from a concert, or any singer, and you will this, understand this very well, right? Then when you go out from a, I mean, from a concert, and you say, well, that singer had a fabulous technique, then it's over. This singer doesn't, I mean, it's not interesting. When you go out from a concert and you just say, wow, I just, <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's, um, I, I, I cannot say anything else. I mean, you know, it was just fabulous. But, but how did you find, how, how was Celine? I, I don't know. I, I don't, but, but, but she was great. I will never talk about technique when I go out from a concert with Celine. See, that's interesting. A lot of people probably think that they're getting a compliment, these singers out there, and they say, oh, thank you. Thank you for my technique. And thank you. And meanwhile, you're, you're basically saying you're, you're stiff or you're not interesting. You know, <laughs> so, it's really not a compliment. It's a compliment that I felt something. I, I felt changed or moved. And so uh, this, 
Power of the Voice, your book. I mean, you've looked at it from different angles, from uh, maternity, from a yes. young age. You've yes. looked at it from yes. every voice has a history, which I found very interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so take yeah. us through a little bit as far as just as far as how you break the book down. I mean, that's just that's just something that is passion. It's, it's passion for me because when you have you know mother and you have it's like an alcohol. I mean, the eggs. And I mean, the meeting point between eggs and spermatozoids is something just great, it's creations. And then you have an embryo, and then you have a small fetus. And the fetus, when you become a fetus, at the age of three months, you know, uh, on, the uterine, on the uterus, then you begin to listen. And if he's listening, he's listening to what? The first thing he's going to listen to is the voice of his mother. The vibrations of her voice going to go straight away to his brain. The music he would have would go straight away to his brain. And because of this, he will know when, when he become a baby. I'm going to give you an example to be more clear. When you make, when she's singing every day the same song during the pregnancy for 10, 15, 20 minutes, then when she delivered the baby, and the baby is crying after three or four weeks, if she keep going the same song, the baby stopped crying after 10 seconds. Hmm. That means that he remember by unconscious the voice, which was great when he was inside his mother. And this is the first point. Now, the second point is, when he grow up, on the next two first year or three years before, you know, be, be, become a child, and this time the voice of his father and his mother are going to be together because during the pregnancy, only the you know, some frequencies from outside and it is a low frequencies can go inside the uterus because it's filtered by the liquid inside the uterus, so the high frequency cannot go in only the low frequency from outside. But from inside, from her mother, he can hear everything. Now, if you want that your child become a good singer, we become a good musician, please, during the nine months of pregnancy, make, during this time, listen him or her to music at least one or two hours every day, and you will be surprised. So the power of the voice, the power of the music is just unbelievable on babies. It's something that they will remember all their life. And when they want to play music at the age of four or five, it's not a problem for them. And do you know that 98% of lyrics of professional singers, they used to have somebody around them or their mother playing music or singing, which is something great. That is interesting. That is very interesting. So you're, you're saying that in, in the development of, of people, uh, it stimulates not only the brain, but uh, they get more accustomed to voice. Do people become more empathetic or uh, when they hear voices, uh, soothing? Well, interesting. And what you said, very, very interesting. On your brain, you have two hemispheres, the left and the right one. What I'm going to say, of course, is just a caricature, but it's going to be easier to understand. The left brain is for a reason. The right brain is for emotion. Now, when you talk, just talk like this. 
your left brain is just working a lot when you sing. And just like, mm, like this. Hmm. The right brain is Now, when you sing with words, both of them are working. Something else to know. The power of both of them in your brain is going to make you, the way you have empathy with others, growing more than somebody else. So you become an artist. And something that some people will not like, but never mind. <laughs> uh, we know we know with with the MRI that the male, okay, versus female. When you do an MRI in the male, the left brain is about is slighted, let's say about eighty percent, but the right brain, emotional part of the brain, it's only twenty percent. So it means that male that we are, uh, you know, are atrophy. I mean, there are somebody who doesn't know how to do really emotions. And in female, it's exactly the same. You have 50% on the right brain, 50% on the right brain. And here you can see that the voice is connected completely with the music of the voice. And that's very, very important for the future of somebody. So an artist must have a female part in his brain because otherwise he will not be an artist because to be an artist, you must you must have an emotional, important brain about the, your feeling, about the empathy. That is, wow. I didn't, <laughs> I had no idea. I struck on a, a point that was, but that was beautiful what you said. And, uh, you know, this could be for a, a woman or a man, either one, a husband or a wife. Do you think that they ever say, you know, I'm subconsciously choosing a husband that sounds like the father, or maybe the husband choosing a wife, and well, that the well, wife's well, voice sounds depends, just like it, the mother. It depends, well, it depends, of, it depends of two things. To who he wants to be like. If his, I mean, if his mentor is a father, he's going to talk with the, like, like, like his father. If his mentor is a mother, he will have the music, what we call, you know, the music of the voice of the mother. It depends how the child is going to behave at the beginning of his life. Something also interesting that uh, we have to understand about this, it's how come, how come that we can talk? How come that the voice is so much powerful? How do we know that? Well, let me that, tell you that story that happens about almost 1,000 years ago. Uh, it was uh, an opera this time, okay? It was Frederick II, and he was emperor of Rome in the 12th century. Okay. And he wanted to understand how, where the voice come from. Do we talk German? Do we talk Hebrew? Do we talk Latin? Do we talk English? Do we, call, do we talk French? What is the real, the primitive language? Where this come from? God gave her our voice, but which language did he give us to us? Okay? So what they did, it's a little bit cruel, but he decided to take at least 30 young babies at the age of four days old and keep, it, keep them in each room, but they were separated. And he decided that the people is going to feed them are not allowed to talk. 
not allowed even to smile or to, I mean, or to laugh. Just feed them, nothing else, for near, nearly three to four years. You follow me? Yes. At the age of four years, he said, now, what is the power of my voice? What's going to happen to these children? So he put them, like everybody, in a social community. Believe it or not, all of them cannot talk. They only can use no more than 53 words. And we know that from a journalist at this time who write a paper at this time. The second point, which is just cruel, just unbelievable, but I mean that, unbelievable, that all of them died before the age of 12. Why? And that's the key point of what I think the power of the voice. Because voice and the humankind, we are social people. We are social mammals. We are not able to say alone. We must talk with somebody. We must talk with somebody around us. And they died, not because they don't have any voice, but the voice with the, you mean, the vehicle was, you know, of the possibility to talk with somebody else. And that's why this possibility to talk with somebody else make a human kind something, I mean, the human something great. Now, the second point of this, which is, I want to insist on this, Michael, really. When people are about, let's say, 75, 80 years old, and they are alone, it's going to be the same thing like a baby. If we don't take care about them, if we don't talk with them, if we don't put them in a, in a culture, in a community where they can talk, mm. they're going to die. Not physically, because they're going to stay there. We have a lot of possibility to give them, you know, oxygen, I mean, feeding, you know, uh, um, therapies, I mean, medicine, but inside, they are not anymore themselves. That is fascinating. I mean, and it's probably the most uh, largely ignored group of people, seniors. And the fact that uh, because they're older, we sometimes people feel oh, we could put them in the corner and not talk to them or just, uh, you know, and how cruel. It seems almost abusive. Yeah. We have- yeah. And, 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 and let's to, 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 to go further than that. The television is something good for them because they have, they, they, even if they don't talk, you will just look at them, of somebody with 82, 85, 80, 89. Sometimes he talks with the TV because you want somebody to talk with. It's just unbelievable. So that means that the fact that you, they have somebody to communicate with, it's a key point to have a good health. Yeah, you know, I, I remember seeing my grandpa in one of these uh, nursing homes in there, you know, when Baywatch was on and there comes Pamela Anderson and all of her glory. And my grandpa goes, hey. Exactly. <laughs> he, went, he went from being like almost dead to seeing a vision of Pamela Anderson for Baywatch. And he just looked like he was alive, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's interesting what you mentioned, too, about bilingual children as well, because uh, do you feel that, you know, Americans, we feel everyone should just talk American and that's it, you know, but the world has evolved and people speak in all kinds of different languages. Does, is the world, yeah. is the brain more active? Is someone more advanced if you learn different languages? Yes, yes, uh, yes. Because first of all, from the age of one, one day to the age of, let's say, around six, seven years old, you can talk 5,000 languages, 5,000 languages. Huh. Your mind is able to, to 
to absorb 5,000. Of course, they will not talk this, but what I mean is if you are, I mean, one year old, you are Chinese or you are American, you're going to learn Chinese or American. Now, if you can have the plasticity of your brain to have at least, at least two languages right away at the very beginning, you're going to develop on your brain two era, two, I mean, two uh, 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 places where you can put these kind of languages. Of course, you will not be able to be as smart at, the, at three or four years old as your, I mean, your friend who just have one language. But at the age of six, you develop so much, you know, you are, you are so smart that you, you're going to be first on your capacity to be able to learn anything from around. And what is most important on that, about multilanguages, bilingual languages? You know that Chinese, they have calligraphy when they, when, when yes. they write mm -hmm. and they talk. And the fact they say, eh, 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 like this, the same voyal going to mean something else. It depends on the music of the voyal. So her, her then ears, the way they listen, is so important much more than us in our occidental world. Because if I say uh, daddy, it's daddy, it's not anything else. Now, if they say daddy, 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 it means three or four things differently. So when you have two languages like Chinese and American or Chinese and French, for example, because I'm very lucky, I treat a lot of ambassadors, ambassadors and everything, they are so, I mean, smart and open mind that right away, they know how to manage a lot of things, I mean, faster than anybody else. This is remarkable. I mean, the books, that you, I just want our audience to know that you are, a, a once again, a world-famous doctor. I'm sure you don't get tired of hearing that, but, you know, Dr. Gene <laughs> Abitbal, okay? And so you've worked, you know, for uh, famous people, you know, just say, you know, very well-known people. And you could, you could mention some of them if you like, but Celine Dion uh, being one of them, you've written and published over 300 articles in medical literature and produced several medical movies as well. And you also host, it looks like, an annual international seminar for physicians and voice professionals on laser right. voice surgery and voice care. So you give right. conferences to teachers and singers and so forth. And uh, so what can you, you know, you don't have to name names if you don't want, but it sounds interesting. That Celine Dion, who are some of the other people you've worked with that are, that are... Well, let me tell you something before. That I think it's very important for a physician and, and for the people to understand. You know, when you remove something on surgery, for example, you do plastic surgery of the nose, of your breast, you take anything like plastic surgery, it's plastic surgery, right? Yes. No yes. problem. You agree with that. Now, if you touch a polyp on a vocal cord, okay, if you touch a nodule, what's in a small mass on a vocal cord, then the voice is going to be different, right? So you do a surgery to remove something. You okay with me? You follow mm -hmm. me? Yes. Okay. But what are you going to change? If you remove the small polyp that Joe Cocker had, he's no more Joe Cocker. If you remove a polyp that Louis Armstrong, oh, when the sand go marching in, <laughs> and he goes, oh, when the sand go marching in, it's no more Louis Armstrong. Mm -hmm. You're wrong with me, right? Yes, so, I do. What I try to explain to the people when I see a patient, and a very famous of them, please, the charm of your voice is because it's not a normal voice, because there is no normal voice. The fact that you have 
a crikey voice, you have a husky voice, give you your charm, your seduction, and your personality. So surgery of the voice is not surgery. It's an emotional surgery. It's something that you touch not only a mass, but you touch also something more important, unbelievable more important, it's your personality. And if we get time, do I have two more minutes? Or can yes, I tell you that actually, song? We're, I'm good for a, a little bit more. That's really, you, 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 you're going to love it. You're going to love it. It's a, she's a very famous lawyer in France. She is 48. She came to me and she was talking like this. Hello, doctor. How are you? So I'm okay. And she said, well, let me tell you, you know, I'm a lawyer. I go, I treat a lot of gangster. And I go at least two or three hours every day in a prison. And I said, okay, good. So what did you come from? I mean, why, 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 did, you, why did you come to see me? She said, well, I have a, a, a male voice. I don't like it anymore. I said, okay, madame, no problem. Uh, I, I look at her. She has what we call an edema on both vocal folds. I mean, the, we have two vocal cords, okay, only two. And on both of them, they have a big, you know, swollen, you know, mass. So that gives this, you know, masculine male voice that we know. But she had no cancer. We have the technique now to be sure that there is no cancer. Just by looking at them with a special, you know, way of looking at them. And she said, I want to have surgery. I say, no, I don't think it's interesting for you because do you lose your cases? She no, of course not. Doctor, I win all my cases. And I go to the, you know, in a, in a, in a, in with a gangster. I go with a judge and everything. And I, I win every time. I say, well, what's wrong with that? Sounds good to me. So, well, I, I, I mean, I smoke two, two pack a day. That's bad. So you have to go to at least no more than five a day. I say, well, I take some whiskey every night. That's not so good. Okay. And I say, I'm sorry, but if I do surgery on your voice, you will lose your cases because you have, you're going to have a voice like a singer, an operatic singer, which is not you. It will not suit with your personality. It's going to be chaos. And she know, I want to do that. I said, why? Because I want, because my partner, you know, I know him for now less than one year. He doesn't like my voice. And I said to her, I swear, I said, change your partner. Don't share your voice. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, no, no, no. I want to keep him. I refuse to do the surgery, Michael. She, of course, find a surgeon who did the surgery. And she came to me six months later. Hello, doctor. How are you? Oh, my goodness. You got to be kidding. And I, no, no, and I said to her, excuse me, uh, I saw, I know you because she came with another dress with long hair. And before that, I didn't tell you she was short hair, you know, with a, like, she was like this, what we call in French, you know, um, blues only, it's like a blouse and everything. And, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Sorry. I remember your name. Well, doctor, you know, I did the surgery. <laughs> You say, okay, good, you did surgery. And so, <laughs> so can you tell me it was good? So I look at the vocal fold. It was great. My colleague did a great work, but it's technique, like singers. Technique is nothing to do. We have to, we must have a good technique. I bet you Otherwise, she lost every piece after that, huh? Yeah. I mean, we have must have good technique, but the technique doesn't mean anything when you have it. So she told me to make the story short. When I dream, I dream with my old voice. Now I lose all my kisses. My partner went away, doesn't like my new voice. 
Isn't that that terrible? Oh that's terrible. Yeah. You know, I had a, as soon as you told that story, that's the that's where the conclusion came to my mind. That uh, and I was going to say, did she win any more cases? What if uh, the jury didn't believe well, her? Well, what happened? That's what about now more than uh, twelve. This story I have about thirteen years ago. I see her at least every six months. Of course, she keep going smoking, and it took four years for the edema to come by. She didn't have any cancer, but she came back four years later to bring back her voice and to be, I mean, in sympathy between herself and her voice. Because the harmony because between voice and personality and your body is the most important thing. It is, you know, and I saw something, it was, I think, 60 Minutes, you know, that's that television show, 60 Minutes, and it talked about Alzheimer's or dementia, and then someone was listening to music and hearing familiar voices, it triggered yes. something in the brain, and then all of a sudden the person became alive and had more motor skills and more exactly. motor notion, motions and so forth, and then yes. the story. Yes. and, in, and yeah. in Parkinson, the, you know, Parkinson are people who talk very badly. And what we find out is when we make them sing in a good rhythm, one hour every day, they, I mean, they perform and they, they, they improve a lot more than somebody who doesn't do that. At least we have 60%, 60 percent of good results, only making them sing with words every day for one hour. A lot of doctors just treat the voice, but you, like I said, you have a special connection to it somehow. And so is, is that, I mean, is that why Celine Dion did she, because obviously she loves voices too, uh, yeah. singing and probably appreciates uh, just uh, the whole realm of, uh, of entertainment and how you can touch another person. But uh, are we all too clinical? Should we become a little bit more sensitive with each other when we listen to this? Uh, as you say, it's a God-given gift, right? The voice. Yes, 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 exactly. Well, the, 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 the voice, when, when, you, when you authorized you, when you say with yourself, okay, I want to listen, but I really want to listen. I don't want, I don't want to judge. I just want to listen to a voice, just to have the feeling. Then you become a great person, a great person, because then you... You, you authorize yourself to be not only somebody who, who, who has and who hears something, but somebody who accepts his own emotions and who accepts that even if you're a man, you're allowed to cry. It's not because, you know, in the Occidental world, we say, well, you're a man, how come you cry? Why not? Why not? And voice and music is one of the most interesting things. And when you listen to La Calas, when you listen to René Fleming, that to tell you that I know she's a fabulous approaching singer. Renee Fleming, I really like her, and she's a colorateur, okay? And, and she's one like, you know, Ruggiero Raimondi, all these people I knew Pavarotti. These people, when you listen to them, they, I mean, you shiver. I mean, you, it's something great coming to you, and you have the thing to be in another world. So that's why my passion is voice, and that's why I'm so interested in voice. Yeah, and, and and something else that I can tell you about this: when you listen to a song, and you are forty-two, forty-five, that you used to listen when you were twelve, you have the feeling that it's a pleasure, because your mind begins to back. Yes, 
your mind begins to secrete oxytocin, which is an hormone of the desire of your souvenir. And that's something that you must not forget. And what I say to some patient of, of mine now, when you see a photo, you know, a photograph, you know, mm -hmm. a picture, okay, for your father, for your mother that passed away, you have a feeling. When you listen to their voice, you cry. Mm. The voice is not only something that you hear, it's hmm. something that you go through your mind and your emotion. It's so interesting. It is a tender, tender part of, of our lives. I mean, what would it be like, a, like a silent movie if we didn't have, if yeah. we didn't have voice? I mean, it, it, that's what I love about your book. Once again, doctor, uh, it's, I say it's, it's not, I, I, forgine me if I said Gene. I didn't say that, right, Jean? Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. They, they used to tell me the States. Don't worry. I, I'm used to. American. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll, I'll, I'm joking. But Jean a bit bold, Doctor Jean a bit bold, and uh, the book is called "The Power of the Voice." And uh, a sensitive part of our lives, and whether it be singing, acting, it, it touches so many areas. Yet, you yes. know, we don't tend to reflect on it. And you reflect on it from a, a physician's point of view, from a philosophical point of view, from a psychological point of view. You cover it from all. But let's be honest, okay? <laughs> Thank uh, you. Let's be Thank honest. You, you are welcome. Thank you for writing it, but not every and, voice. Uh, let me, let me yes. just have one word for the conclusion, if you yes. allow me to say it. Yes. I think that voice is like a piece of art. Because when I talk to you, Michael, and thank you very much, you have a lot of empathy, and I love the way you talk, and really I like the timbre of your voice. You're very sincere. So now, between you and me, when we talk, we only be sincere. So we create a third thing between you and me, a third feeling, a third emotion that comes from the mix of two voices. Love. So we create every second, every minute with somebody that we have empathy with, a new, way, a new piece of art. So voice is a piece of art that is never the same. Even three seconds later, it cannot be the same than five seconds before. You mentioned that, that not only is it art, but also we all have a certain amount of charisma in each yeah. one as well. Yeah, that uh, exactly. lends itself exactly. to what you're talking about. I was going to mention, though, that, you know, not every voice is for everybody. So yeah, I used to like Barry Manilow, believe it or not, years ago. OK, so I play a Barry Manilow for my wife. She says, oh. I hate it. <laughs> Just can't stand it, you know? And uh, probably why I didn't have a lot of girlfriends back in the day, you know, because I like Barry Miller. But, uh, or you hear a voice like this, excuse me for a minute, Morty, Morty, come to dinner. Come to dinner, Morty. Uh, you know, these type of voices. Uh, it's not for everyone. Sometimes, you know, you got a husband who's got a, a wife with a screechy voice and you say, I'm glad it wasn't me that married that <laughs> So it's like only there's certain voices only a husband can love, only a mother can love. But all in the cards. One I, I want to ask you this too. How come how come in different eras, okay, uh, people talk differently? You watch a film from the sixties or the fifties and you listen yes. to newscasters. How come the voices just sound so different than they are today? Well, to make the story short and the the answer very short, very yes. easy. It's because we are in a world today of zapping. We zap everything. We have to go fast. We don't want to wait anymore. We want everybody to have a jeans, to have the same trouser, to have the same shirt. So we want to copy the other one because we think it's the best. Because we have so many media, so many televisions, 
so many shows that who is individual today? Who is normal? We don't know. So we run after somebody to look like the other one. Please keep your personality. Mm. That's why. And this running make the people to talk faster, to have the same. When you listen to some music, you know, you don't know if it's a girl or a man. Because where is the sex now? It's sometimes it's very hard to know. So these running things, the evolution of our civilization make us going with not take time and not to put any silence between the words, not to take time to have at least to think about what we're going to say. We even don't think, just talk. And what is un unbelievable today, most of some journalists, some media, some young people, they talk so fast that you can even hear when they, <gasps> when so they, they you hear them breathing. That never happened in an old movie. Humphrey Bogart, I mean, Lorraine Bacall, all these people, when I listen to them, it's just great. Now, today, some of them are good. Some of them are not so good. I totally agree with that. You can't even understand the lyrics. I, I thought maybe there was a problem with my hearing as I get older. I don't even understand the, the words <laughs> no, no, no. anymore. And it seems like every you know generation, people say you can hardly understand the words, you know, but uh, you brought up some good points. And I, I finally figured out in closing, uh, Dr. Bitball, when you said that, you know, to have technique and musicality together in a voice, I discovered what that is. Mm -hmm. It's, yes. called, it's yeah. called French. Because, yeah, because it's called French. <laughs> that's why we no. I'm serious. That's that's why Americans and other people like that French accent because it has a musicality and a technique that uh, I don't think many other languages have. <laughs> Thank you. Well, <laughs> the musicality bring the emotion in, in the world and the voice. And the second point is the musicality allowed you something interesting, Michael. Very interesting. Well, because you can you can predict my next move in the melody. And because you can predict, you feel safe inside. When you know what's going to happen, you feel safe. When you don't know what's going to happen in a voice, then you don't like it. I mean, you are scared. What are you going to say? So when you can predict only on the musicality, how the voice is going to be in the next two or three words, then you feel well, I'll tell you what, if you've enjoyed this interview, The Power of the Voice, the name of the book, Dr. Jean Abitbol. He's a doctor, world-famous doctor with a voice and a medical doctor. He's a poet. He's a psychologist. I mean, he's all these things and more. If you enjoyed the book, and we possess a priceless and powerful treasure, you say our voice, the power of the voice, is a scientific and personal voyage of exploration into the vocal instrument that each of us possesses without necessarily understanding it or knowing the true measure of its power. And you explain it in great detail. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank and you. For work. Thank you. And, and say hi, to, say okay. hi to Celine Dion for me, okay? I will. <laughs> Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. 
And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And by Hamilton Stands, founded in 1883 in Hamilton, Ohio, Hamilton Stands is the oldest music and instrument stand maker in the world. They offer a broad range of sheet music stands, band and orchestra instrument stands, and combo stands, including mic stands, guitar and keyboard stands, and accessories. In fact, the broadcast you're listening to is made using a Hamilton stage rocker mic stand. Visit HamiltonStands.com. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission. To make you sound your best, thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.